0: of steel in an anchor. Uh, but the anchor isn't strong enough, and I don't want, don't take it as wrong, the anchor itself isn't, isn't capable of holding that boat where in that ship where it needs to be. So what they do is they come up and they started making chain, and the chain links are, are big pieces of steel about this around, and it depends on the ship itself. I mean, the chain, the link itself could be this big, and you figure a piece of steel this big around, and you attach that to the anchor, and what they do is they'd say, okay, we want the boat to be out here somewhere, but, to, but we can't let it just sit there. We have to come out here, and we have to drop the anchor here, and we start laying that chain out. And so at some point down through there, the weight of the chain exceeds the weight of the anchor, and the chain is now what is holding that boat in place. And the further you get away from that chain... What, that anchor, the more weight you have there and the more stable that boat becomes, that ship becomes. To the point where when the tide comes in and comes out, the boat actually, the ship actually rotates around that chain. And the chain is straight down on the bottom floor and away it goes. Uh, as we moved further, like they just saying, that song, make this trial a blessing. I, I keep picturing my mind, I said, Lord, that, that anchor is you. No doubt in my mind. But my life sometimes... Jesus Christ in your life, just Jesus Christ isn't enough. He has to put you through some things in, in life sometimes. And that's a link of chain. And he keeps building these links of chain in your life. And the further you get away from that boat, what you start doing is you get these links. And they just keep getting bigger and bigger and you keep going and going. And pretty soon the anchor is what's holding me. But that link of chain the Lord put in my life is what helps me become stable. And a lot of times we don't, like, we don't like those links. I look back here and some of those links don't look too good. <laughs> I mean, some of them are pretty shot. But every now and then what, what they do in the shipyards is we bring these big boats into the shipyards, uh, the ships. But we bring men, they bring these big uh, uh, oh, barges along the side of the ship. And they would drop the anchor down on that barge and they'd start laying it out all the way on that barge. Until you get to the end of the chain and then we'd drop the last piece of chain down there. Crane would come pick it up, lay it down under there, take the barge away. Sandblast the chain, sandblast the anchor, make it look brand spanking new. And then when the ship's getting ready to go out to sea again, they'd bring it next to and they'd feed that chain back through the thing. And it would all look nice and pretty on the side of the ship. But anybody who knew that that chain, that chain has been through some stuff over the life of that ship. And in our lives, we go through a lot of stuff sometimes. And it hurts. I'm telling you what, I've been doing this for 43 years. And believe me, I'm telling you, something's hurt. There's no way out of it. I wish there was a way that you could just say, hey, getting trusted in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you what, not trusting Jesus Christ and going through this world without him would be like going a ship going out to sea without an anchor. Now, it, it can't do it. You, can, you cannot do it. It will not work. Uh, you get out in the middle of the ocean, if your ship stops, you know the first thing you do is you drop that anchor. You don't drop it all the way down. You just drop it down where there's enough weight where that ship starts circling around that anchor. And the tide will cause it to go because you've got to move that anchor. Boy, I tell you what, it's good to have an anchor. Amen. It is great to have an anchor because the tide has to move that whole chain. The ship has to go that way and it keeps pulling it back. You have to move that whole weight of that chain this way. And it's almost, There is so much stuff about a ship. You know there's a place on a ship... That you can go that is almost perfectly level all the time, no matter what the weather's like. There is a place on that ship where you can, you can find, where I don't care how much it's tossing and turning and, and the yaw and all this other stuff. I don't care what it is. You can get right there, man. You sit there and everybody else all over the ship is puking and throwing up everywhere. Right there is perfectly calm, man. You know there's a place with Jesus Christ that's calm? You can always find that place. Uh, sometimes you've got to go look for it. Take your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 3. We're fighting somebody that is just unbelievable. Uh, and uh, I like the Lord. He, he, he doesn't play no games. Uh, he, he, I like. Oh, man. I, I got another message that popped in my head. I, just, I, I better watch what I'm doing. <laughs> I had an epiphany. <laughs> it's great, man. <laughs> it's a good book. I'm telling you what, you ought to just read it sometime. Just read it. It's a funny book. It's, and verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle. Then any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the, and the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, Ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, "Ye shall not surely die. God, for God does know that in the day that ye eat thereof. Uh, Then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall uh, be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired, to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, did eat, and gave also to her husband and he with her, and he did eat. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. I do thank you for these young people, Lord, coming out. What a blessing it is just to be part of something, Lord, that... Uh, can help them move on to another level with you and, and get a little bit closer to you. Lord, their lives, uh, Lord, will uh, determine what happens to this planet. Lord, some of these young people in here, Lord, may go on to do great things for you. Others may be just like me, Lord, just do, do, do minor stuff. It doesn't matter. Whatever we do for you is great. Uh, Lord, anybody that gets an opportunity to do anything for you is great. And Lord, I just pray now that you'd open our eyes this morning to the Word of God. Uh, bless now and bless the fellowship the rest of the day. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Abraham or Abraham. Adam and Eve is sitting here, and they always get a bad rap, and they do. Uh, they're the ones who started the whole problem. If you want to get to heaven and blame anybody, these are the people right here you want to blame. Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve went over there. Uh, we, I talked yesterday about desire. One of the things I said was about desire. You gotta watch your desire. Uh, your desire may come in, you, you may desire some things, and you've got to check that thing out. If you don't check it out by the word of God, uh, you can make some bad mistakes by desiring something. I like ice cream. Ice cream likes me. <laughs> I don't care what, I heard people say, well, I don't eat and dogs. I eat anything. I don't care if it's cheap or good. It doesn't matter. If it's ice cream, it's good. If it, if it just says ice cream on the side, I, I'm not the non-fat stuff, I want the fat stuff. If I am going to eat it, I want to get something out of it. And that, but I've got to stop that stuff. Uh, there comes a point where my clothes starts, when you get to the point where you, you have to continually buy new clothes, I mean, you've got to start checking your desires and see exactly what they are. Uh, I like right here, Adam and Eve was told what not to do. They were told not to eat of that fruit. Didn't say anything about touching it, but uh, that's, that's what happens when you get into a conversation with your desire. You start getting into a conversation with the devil. i like to say, number one, uh, verse two says, and the woman said unto the serpent, why would you even be talking to him to start with? You should never even go there. You know what one thing you got to do? If you're going to make it through this life, I'm 65, man. I got a couple years left. I, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm like, Lord, I got to get through this thing. I just got to get, I don't want to talk to him. There are some people on this planet, and I try not to get mad at too many people. Uh, I try to love everybody, but there are some people I just cannot talk to, because I will get this, nah, kill him! Dr. Pickock looks at me like, what did you just say? Because he's got that policeman, you know, the word kill in there, you just kind of, you can't add that into a conversation when you talk to him. Uh, but I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, there's some people, I he said, well, then don't talk to them. But you still got to love them and pray for them. I said, yeah, I, I can do that. I can do it from a distance. And if the Lord ever gave me the grace, maybe someday I could. But here, in this passage right here, the devil comes up and says, you know, he tempts us all the time. Each one of us in here get tempted a little bit different than the next person. What you like, like I said, I don't get into wrestling. I know a lot of people who love wrestling. I don't get into hunting. I know a lot of people who who love to hunt. If I go out hunting, I go to sleep in the tree, man. That's what happens to me out there. I, I, I got all the bows man I, you come to my house I got bows I got guns somebody just gave me a gun a nice one and I mean I will probably never shoot it in my entire life I mean it is a nice gun when I was a kid I wasn't a kid when I was in Bible college uh, me and Richard Barnett we went and got us some uh, SKS's the Russian or the Chinese version of the AK-47 we bought a whole bunch of like a billion shells and we went out to the side of the mountain at night time and we just and fire shoot out again and we just had a blast man <laughs> then I sold the gun. <laughs> Once I got the thrill out of the thing, I'm like, I don't need it no more. And I said, I, who cares, man? I mean, it's just a gun. Uh, I'm going to go to heaven one day. I'll get everything I want. I, I bet you he has some really nice guns up there. Shoot golden bullets and everything, man. And you won't even be able to see them because that'd be clear, man. I mean, you won't be able to see none of that stuff. I don't know how you do anything up there, man. It's a crazy place to go. Uh, Adam and Eve is sitting here. And Eve sees the devil. She sees somebody in the garden uh that wasn't there before so there's only four people in that garden jesus christ the devil adam and eve that's ezekiel 28 you go over there that's that's who's there uh the lord says you were in the garden there's only eve you got a problem here and the question is is why would you here i'm gonna throw this thing in about prayer why would you talk to the devil and not god when you have the opportunity to talk to one or the other, why would you spend time talking to the devil and not to the Lord? I think I would have went and found the Lord. That's what I would like to say I would do. But, I mean, if these two were perfect, created perfect, and there was, un- by the way, Lucifer was created perfect too till iniquity was found in him. You know, there's a problem with us. It's inherent in our created thing, and the Lord knows that, and he still loves us. What a blessing, man. I I like it right here where the Lord told them what not to do. Don't do this. I've worked with men down through time, and uh, what I found out, and you know why I like church? You know why I like independent, fundamental, King James, Bible, believing Baptist churches? Because only in those churches is where I'm usually getting somebody that says something that feeds me. That helps me grow. I am tired of messages that mean absolutely nothing to me. It's not going to help me get through life another moment. Brother Pilkington came down and preached Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, Monday through Sunday through Thursday. And every message that he preached had a purpose behind what it, and it built up to the crescendo, and, and we all got the thing when he was done. We had all kinds of people come and say, brother, a uh, man, I mean, their lives started changing. One man in my church, his daughters were having a couple of issues, and he goes, brother, they are, I mean, after Sunday, they are out there. He goes, it's not just what was going on Sunday, it's everything that was going on up to this Sunday, and then now this is on top, and they're out there preaching. I mean, two girls want to go street preaching. I'm like, that's cool, man. I mean, it's pretty bad when we got to get the girls to go street preaching, can't get the guys, but that's okay. I'm like, I'll take it. I'll take them. Uh, you sit there and look at that stuff. These girls before the week was over was having people from Columbus, which is probably an hour away. They were bringing people to church from Columbus. You know, that's what preaching ought to do for us the word of God should be able to change your life but I've worked with people down through life I hate it when I come in on Sunday morning this is why I, I, I dislike a lot I like his church man it's a good church I like it not because y'all let me preach I come in here just sit and get preached at I'm perfectly happy sitting in the back of pew I'm tickle pink sitting there listening to preaching why because you listen to them they're saying something and the Lord's saying yep that's what you need to do yep that's what you need to do yep that's what you need to do you need to do that too and, and some of that and, and actually you just need to do everything the man just said you moron I'm like yeah Lord I Got it, I got it. I've worked for guys who would come in, and in the Navy especially, you'd get out in there. Sunday, I, here I, am, I worked at a, a heavy terminal salary, which is a primo place in the Navy. You can't get no better than that. I mean, that for me, my job, that was like the pinnacle of success for me. And I had to move from there to a ship. And when I got off the ship, uh C. Franklin was out there. He was a good guy. And the first destroyer I was on, and he said, Mike, he said, look, if I ever have to come up to radio, he said, I'll look at your record. They say this, this, this. That's fine. So I'm going to turn the whole ship over to you. If I have to come up to radio, you better be dead. He said, I'll come up here and talk to you, and we'll fellowship and we'll have some fun. And we'll play around with some equipment together. But if I have to come up here and ever tell you anything, he said, you better be dead. Because if you aren't, I'm going to make you dead. You know what he was telling me? I am trusting you with this entire ship. And he says, now run it any way you want it. You know what I want. I knew exactly what he wanted. You know what he wanted? Everything fixed, 100%. I got that, man. So you go out there and do it. So then I go to the next ship. And I worked for this senior chief. Uh, he was a chief. He made senior off the ship. And he would come in the morning and never say a word to us what we need to do. He would leave, come in at 4 o'clock, and say, did y'all get all this done? Or what? And he'd start making this stuff up. Then he'd make us stay till midnight with toothbrushes cleaning the floor, which had nothing to do with what he wanted during the day. And he'd make everybody stay till midnight. I'm like, I scratched my head and said, what is this, man? I mean, you got some well-trained techs. You got all this stuff here. You got everything. The Navy spent thousands, if not hundreds, and hundreds, and hundreds, and hundreds, if not millions of dollars in these men to train them. And you got them down there with toothbrushes cleaning the floor. Doesn't that kind of look stupid to you? And I'm, so what I did was I'd come in the morning, I'd grab Hershey and I'd say, hey, let me ask you a question. What do you want? And he'd say, I want this, 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 this. I said, okay, gotcha, man. And I would do what he wanted plus everything else he wanted that ever, I made all the guys do it. So at four o'clock when he come in, he had to shut his mouth. And then when he said, well, did you do this? Yep, done. Did you do that? Yep, that's done too. Did you do that? Oh, it can't be. Yep, that's done too. Everything he did, you get ahead of it. Tyler's message is getting ahead of the game. You ever known, you ever thought that maybe if you just got ahead of the game, it will start, start being fun? This is fun. This, serving Jesus Christ is fun. I'm ahead of the game now. I know exactly, I don't know exactly what he wants. I know what he doesn't want. And I'm trying not to do what he wants. So what I've done for 43 years is just try to do what he wants and then try to find something beyond that, that, that when he comes up, oh, I already know he already knows everything, but he could every now and then come and say, just for sake of discussion, did you do this? Yep, I did that. Did you do this? Yep, that came to my mind too and I did that. Did you do this? Yeah, I did that too. You know, if you keep yourself so busy doing what he wants, you ain't got time to do nothing else. You will find, uh, uh, Brother Pilkington to pre- preached a message, and, and he was talking about David, and David went to help Mephibosheth. And I was telling your pastor that a little while ago. I thought it was a great message, and, and really I've thought of that before, but not quite like that. Uh, David was in trials. He sang that song, Make This Trial a Blessing. David was in battles before Mephibosheth. He was in battles after Mephibosheth. In the midst of all his troubles, he's looking for somebody to help, which is Mephibosheth. Your troubles will never go away. You know what you got to do? You still find somebody to help. (laughs) There's always, you know what Jesus did? He came and troubles never went away. And what he did was helped us. I've been doing this, I've been, 2,000 years, 2,000 years later, I am still getting a blessing from what he did 2,000 years ago. And actually, if I go back to 6,000 years, I'm reading a story right here about a man and a woman that got in some trouble. You were in a world Right now, young people, you're in a world that is insane. Insane ain't even the word for it. I mean, it's beyond insane. Yet you still gotta live here. And you still gotta go. It's more insane than it was when I was from their day, it, I mean, it's totally insane. From my day, which is I'm only sixty five. I mean, we're talking I was a young guy back in the in the seventies and eighties. This is insane what I'm seeing, people with their hair color and all this other stuff going on. I'm I was sitting there talking to some people the other day, they go, well, I'm ADHD. I'm like, I don't even know what I am. I, I have no idea. I mean, but I'm glad they didn't say they were LBGQTRP and all that other stuff too. I said, man, thank you. Now, you didn't go that route. That's good. I mean, we stopped at the other acronyms there. You sit there and say, what is that? I mean, when people think... I, I was just driving down the road the other day and heard on the radio the, the homosexual Now, if y'all get mad, don't get mad at me because I, I think the Bible's right and, and that's kind of wrong. It's wrong. It's just wrong. Uh, Leviticus says it's wrong. I'm sorry, I don't care if I... They're nice and they're, they look nice. The homosexuals were getting mad at the, uh, the uh, transgenders because they're making them look bad. I'm like, what? <laughs> you got to be joking me, man. I, I, I said... Oh. I don't understand that. How could you? The queers are saying the queers are making the queers look bad. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, this place is crazy, and you guys got to come up in that. I mean, you sit there and look at they Got needles all over and pins. And I, I, had, I was talking to one guy at Walmart one day, and I'm like, "How can?" Uh, he's got like a ton of metal on. If the one his tongue like the hell of that dragging the ground, I'm like, "How can you even talk like that, man?" I, I've asked people. I've walked up to the girls because they'd have his pin in their nose, and I'm like, "What do you got like in there? Does it like ever, ever hurt, man?" I mean, and they oh well it's just, I'm like, "Why would you do that?" I don't, I don't understand that. If you got tattoos, I'm not going to say them. but my mind, my whole mind is in a world we're in today. Everybody's doing stuff because they feel good. They think it's okay. I'm just going to do it. Have you ever thought about restraining some things? There's a few basic things I'd like to say. Just two things. I learned this a long time ago. I like, I like an old phrase, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Just keep it simple. When I fix something, I, I fix stuff. I can fix anything. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling a fact. That's fact. I can fix anything. You know why? I keep it simple. I, it's, I keep it so simple it's pathetic. I, I've worked with some brilliant people, and they say I'm pretty smart. I don't know if they. I just I keep it simple. They think I'm smart because I keep it simple. They say this light bulb don't work. I'm like, okay, what does it do? It's supposed to be green. Okay, fine. And it don't work. How's it supposed to work? They tell me. So I go get a book. I like books. Books are cool. You go get a book. You open it up everybody tries to read the entire, I don't care about the whole thing. I find that light bulb in that book. I'm like, oh, there it is right there, man. Then I find the schematic and I start reading and looking through it and I start going back and I find some place and I said, well, it works here and if I generate this, it'll work and if I do this, it'll work. If I do this, it'll work. Oh, look right here. This thing is broke right here and, and let me fix that and then the light bulb starts working. I still don't know what that thing does. I have no idea what that equipment, but the light bulb works. You know what I do? I go get the person who's supposed to operate this thing. I come back over and tell me, does this thing work now? And they say, oh, yeah, it works great. Oh, you're a genius. I still have no idea what that thing does. (laughs) I don't care what it does. I know the light bulb works. That's what you were arguing about. It's a light bulb. I walked up to this one piece of gear one day, and and it's supposed to have this like an eight, a crazy eight pattern on the thing, man, called a lizard Jew. And they had eight of them there. None of them had that on it. And all the radio men kept saying, all these things are broke. I said, they are? They go, yeah. I said, what are they supposed to do? I said, we were trained on those in school, I think. I mean, this is like something that was on Noah's Ark. And they go, "Yeah, but they're all supposed to." I said, "None of them are that way." I said, "None of them even looked alike either." So it wasn't like they were consistent in what they—they're all broke somewhere. I laid on the ground in there for about two or three weeks with one of these texts, a, a friend of mine, and I just started looking at it. a couple hours here, a couple hours there, three or four hours, nothing to do. I'd go in there and lay down. I'd get all the test equipment out, start troubleshooting, and and I'd go back and I'd read on it, and go back on and read on it, go back on and read on it. One day, one day, I looked at it, and I said, "Wait a second, here, this thing is wrong right here. There's a component in here bad." I replaced the component. Lo and behold, I got this little eight on this thing. And I said, hey, come and check this out, man. And the guy came and ran a signal to it and it did exactly what he wanted. He could adjust it and got the pattern exactly. He said, Mike, that works. I said, thank you. I went and got all my other texts. I said, you see the other seven? If you ever want to see your wife again, you will. Them other ones will look just like this one. You know what's wrong with most people is they don't know what's expected of them. I made sure that every one of my guys knew what was expected of them. And I said, guys, now here you go. And, and here's the next thing. We need to learn some things too as pastors and preachers. You guys, and brother, you can correct me when I'm out of here. And so if I mess anything up, you guys do come for free. You know, you do know, you know that. Nobody goes to your house and actually with guns and makes you come to church. Not only that, when you give, you give for free, <laughs> And we are the recipients of that, and we get to do what the Lord tells us to do with it. But you put in and give to the churches you're in for free, and then we try to demand of you what? I'm like, is that stupid or what? Have you ever thought that if you feed the sheep, the sheep will feed you? Have you ever thought if you help them, they will help the work? And maybe, just maybe, they'll get part of the thing and actually grow with it, and they will become the work. Have you ever thought about that? I thought about it. I thought that's good. I learned that in the Navy. So I, I tried that down at, at the church down Everybody said, Oh, Mike, you'll never make anything work. I said, Okay, I'm going to get a piano. I'm going to get an organ. I'm going to get some of this. I'm going to get some of that. I said, I go to this church. They got some of this, and I want some of that. I was like going to a smorgasbord, man. I'd go to all the churches' smorgasbord, and I'd look at what they have, and I'm like, Man, that's good. That's good. I don't necessarily want that, but that's what I want. I want some of this. I want some of that. And I'm like, Okay, I'll go buy it. So I went and bought it. A lot of that was right out of my pocket. And I put it in there, and lo and behold, we got people coming in playing horns, and they're playing trumpets, and they're playing uh, violins. And we got, if you ever want to come, we got violins, we got violas, I got cellos, I got basses, I got two basses, upright basses. Y'all can get up there and have dueling basses and all kinds of stuff if I can find somebody else to do it. And you're sitting there going, what is that? You, you get involved in something. You know what I learned is they get involved in it too. And then the service becomes more of God, and God gets involved, but they know what's expected of them. And if you don't tell somebody what's expected of them, that's why I always had a problem with Senior Chief Hershey. He never told anybody what was expected of them, and then he failed them when they were. You know, if you tell somebody, then you train them, then you help them, and you give them knowledge. That's why I love Dr. Ruckman. I went through cool school down there. That old man, I'm telling you what, he did some things for me that nobody else could do. He gave me some stuff, and he never wanted anything back. He just kept giving and giving and giving and giving. And every time you tried to give to him, he wouldn't take it. Man, he just gave and gave and gave. it. And I looked at him and his whole life and everybody says, don't ever come to me and say anything bad about him to me. Don't do it. Uh, you're going to get into a fight. You think, Elliot's it's this kind of mild manner. No, you start. There's a couple of things I get ticked off about. And if you go sit under him and you have some issues, I may sit there and tolerate it for a few minutes. But without sitting under somebody, don't ever, don't ever tell, sell something about them. You just hear hearsay. You know what Adam and Eve is doing? They're sitting there. Eve is talking to somebody she should not be talking to. Do you ever talk to somebody you shouldn't talk to? It's not going to turn out good. I'm going to tell you. Uh, I, I had a guy call me the other day and I kicked him out of the church. I actually kicked. I, don't, I haven't kicked. Man, in, in 15 years, I, haven't, I don't think I kicked maybe one. I don't think I've kicked anybody out of the church. I kicked a guy who came in the church to cause trouble, and he never was part of it. I kicked him out, but I didn't count him because he really wasn't part of it. This guy had been there for a while, and I told him to leave. So he calls me up, and he starts saying something. and said, look, man, I said, I'm done with you. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I don't care what you're saying. I don't care. I said, I'm done. You understand that? He goes, okay, I'll, I'll hang up. Fine, that's exactly. I don't want to hear what you have to say. If you're not going to edify the person you're talking about, or you're not going to have them in front of you while we're all sitting here talking at the same time, then shut up. I don't want to hear it. Uh, sometimes you just have to deal with it. You can't listen to that stuff. Eve's problem, not sending the message, but this is all freebie stuff. Eve's problem was she started a conversation with somebody she should have never had the conversation with. You get through that thing. There's only two people you've got to worry about. Now I'm going to talk about keeping it simple again there's God and the devil. And I really don't care about a whole bunch of anything else. I know that in my life, I have two entities that I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, the Trinity, and I'm dealing with Satan. And I keep, it, I keep everything simple. I don't make it complicated. Uh, decisions in life, simple. Evolution, I think evolution is the biggest farce I've ever seen in my life. There's no possible way. You have to be, I'm going to be gracious, you have to be a moron. To believe in evolution. There's no possible way. There's no possible way. You would win the lottery easier than you would ever accidentally make life. You can't do it. You look out at space. I'm I'm a satellite tech man. I like satellites. I deal with satellites. People say the earth is flat. If you're a flat earther don't come to me. Uh, I think you're crazy too. This is why. I deal with satellites. We got satellites all over this planet. All the way around the world. Guess what? Every time one of those satellites take a picture of the planet. It's flat round. So that from any angle you take a picture, it is round. You know what that's telling me—that it's round. Oh, I don't believe it. Oh, science, science! Fo- oh, I said, wait a second. So you pick up your phone and you sit there and tweet and face and twit face and all that other stuff on this thing, and and oh, the Earth is flat. Science can't tell you nothing. And you sit here and do this thing. Do you understand what makes that thing work? Your voice goes in and it changes your voice to a digital signal. Do you understand how that works? I do. And it it takes it from a digital signal, and then it makes it an IF signal. It jumps it up, then it makes it RF, and then it shoots it out to a radio tower somewhere. And that radio tower takes that signal and shoots it down somewhere else, puts it into the network, and shoots it all around this world, and it goes through seven or eight routers. And the next thing you know, you're talking to somebody over there. In China. You say, how in the world did that happen? But the earth is flat. I'm like, oh, you trust this, but you don't trust that. I'm like, guys, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. Uh, I think science is, there's a purpose for science. I like doctors, man. I think doctors are cool, too. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to a doctor. I would never tell you not to go to a doctor. In our world today, I thank God that He's given us doctors that can do the things that they're doing. But you've you got to watch, first of all, I like Hezekiah. Hezekiah was dying, man. He's got his face over to the wall. He said, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. So Isaiah comes in. He says, sorry, bucko, you're dead. You're toast. You're dead meat. You're bird food. You're fodder. You're out of here. You're gone. It's over. I'm Isaiah, man. I know what I'm saying. You don't. I'm not. You, I am right. i do You're the king. But I'm the prophet, man. And what I say happens. Hezekiah turns over. Oh, 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 God. Isaiah heads out there and the Lord says, Isaiah, well, why were you that hard on him? Go back in there and tell him he's got 15 years. What? I got to go back in and recant what I just said? Yes, okay. Hey, the Lord heard you. He loves you, man. He gave you 15 more years. You, you know, you sit there and look at that stuff and God, you, you can't leave him out of any decision you ever make. If he tells you to go see a doctor, then go see a doctor. Make sure he's in the, in your process as you're doing what you're doing. You know what Eve did here? She didn't put God in the process. I've got two people I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with God, which that's who I'm dealing. With. Everything else is created. I don't care what you see. I don't. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'll tell you. I'm logical. I'm about as logical as you're going to ever get. I see everything strictly as logic. This thing is a mathematical equation. It is nothing more than a mathematical equation. A perfect mathematical equation. If it wasn't, it wouldn't work. It has to mathematic. We had a guy named Ron Reese, and he would come out to the site out there. And I'll get back to the message. But it's all good stuff, man. It's all about him anyways. And Ron would, they'd put a brand new system that would fill this room of racks, uh, six, seven foot tall, full of equipment all over the place. They'd come in and put them in, and nothing worked. And he goes, Mike, on the drawing board, man. It all worked. <laughs> I look good there. He goes, but it ain't gonna work. You know what Ron did? He come to a, he come to the site, twenty six texts sitting there, and he needed some help. He realized he couldn't do it by himself, so he started talking to the twenty six texts. He said, "Hey, how about this?" And we're all going and he says about. This, I mean, when you're talking to somebody like is a genius, and you're talking about some people that have just been trained to be techs, there's a, a large area of, of knowledge between the two that he's trying to, what he's trying to do is gap that. He's trying to find a common. So he keeps talking and he keeps talking and he keeps bringing it down and bringing it down and bringing it down. And one day he gets like right down here and me and Doug Wainmeyer understood what he said. And oh, yeah, man, we got that. He goes, okay, you two come here. <laughs> and he takes us and starts taking us back up where he was at. Pretty soon we're running around calculators doing this, CK and all this other stuff. And everybody's like, what are y'all doing? I'm like, don't everybody do this? You know, we, I'm sitting here and the Lord says, Mike, do this, do this. And people look at me and say, what are you doing? I'm thinking, don't everybody do this? I mean, don't everybody read their Bibles or try to? I struggle with reading. Do, do you try to read your Bible? I do. I mean, I just think you're supposed to do this. You know why? It kind of keeps you out of trouble. And then when trials come into my life, I've got somebody to go back to that is already sitting there knowing what I'm going through. And he's comforting me as I'm going through the thing. He says, come on, Mike, you can get through. I'm not going to take it away from you. You got to go through this thing, man. Because on the other side, you're going to be able to help somebody else. I'm telling you, I, I went, took the Navy test and they told me, I, I, the last test I took, I got a 97 on the ASVAB test. I was three points from ace in that thing. And the ASVAB tells everybody what you can do in the Navy. The lady said, you know what that last 3% is? I said, I already know what it is, but please tell me. She goes, it's administration. You hate paperwork. I said, you got it, man. I cannot stink and stand paperwork. I don't like nothing to do with it. I hate it. Let me go fix something. Somebody else keep on. My wife does all our books. I told her one time, she said, I'm going to quit. I said, then you're going to go get a job and I'm going to stay home. She said, okay, I'll, I'll do the books. <laughs> I, mean, I, said, I mean, she made her choice. But, but when I took the test six years earlier, I had a 64 on that same test. And the lady said, you know, there's 3% in this uh, area up here that you hate. I said, what is that? She goes, it's admin. She said, Mike, you haven't changed one bit in six years. You've got better in everything that you're supposed to do. But you still hate this one area. I said, yeah, man, it stinks and I don't want nothing to do with it. But the Lord says, I want you to do this. I'm like, Lord, uh, this is the trial to me. This is, he, uh, b- Brother Reagan was very gracious. I, I Thank y'all. Y'all did, I mean, gave us a good place to stay. Pleasant. Even asking me to come up and preach is, is amazing to me. But anyways, he, he makes it sound like, well, Brother Ellie don't no, I, I just, I don't feel comfortable doing this. You say, because I'm an introvert, man. I belong in a corner somewhere with a piece of gear. That's, what I, that's where I belong. And the Lord says, no, you got to come out of that. Why? Because you need to help somebody. You've got to get to a place where you can help people. Our lives have got to be built around You know what happens when you talk to the devil? He gets you focused on you. What you think you need. All about you. You, you, you. Mike, it's you, 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 you. You, 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 you. You've got to get more money. You've got to get better this. You've got to get this. You've got to get that. You've got to get this. Pretty soon you're so consumed, you don't even see the hand of God no more. I like seeing the hand of God. I really do. So I keep it very simple. It's two things. It's either God or the devil. So everything I do... I'm either led by the devil or I'm led by God. I keep it pretty simple. If you look at what you do in life, you ever seen that little band, WWJD? Everybody always laughed at that. And then maybe you could, maybe you should, I don't know. But I like that, WW, what would Jesus do? I read that story about that band. I wanted to find out what that thing was actually, and when I got through the end of the story, people were winning Jesus, I mean in the real day, they actually got back and said, what would Jesus do? And they started examining their lives. Now today we take that and we just we, we make a, uh, a marketing skill out of it, a thing, and we make money on it. Back then they didn't do that. They said, hey, what would Jesus do in this case? So Every person in the church started looking at their own lives, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. They started looking at themselves, hey, would, I got a newspaper. Would, would the Lord really want me to advertise cigarettes and alcohol in my newspaper? No, I'm going to take it out. And they took it out. Another, a couple others did this and a couple others did that and a couple others did this. And pretty soon a little revival broke out in the town and pretty soon people were getting saved everywhere. You know what that is? Some people said, what would Jesus do? And they started looking at it. You know what Eve, uh, Eve did here? She didn't do that. But I got two people I'm dealing with. When God created, created Lucifer, he created him. Do you think Lucifer, when he sinned, snuck up on him? I still think the Lord was sitting in heaven with his timex right there. He ain't got nothing else to do in eternity. What are you going to do, man? He says there, do do, 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 he's going to do it right now. Boom, there he is. He did it. I think he knew exactly when Lucifer was going to sin right. because he's created. So he knows that when anything is created, we're going to mess up. Praise God for that, man. He knows I'm going to, I know your frame. I know you're but dust, Mike. I got it. <laughs> Let's go. Keep, come on. I love it when you get right. I love it when you realize that you made a mistake and you get it under the blood and you move on. And you go out and you help somebody else. That's I like a contrite heart. I like a broken spirit, man. I like somebody who gets down and says, Oh God, it's me! Not somebody else. It's me, I've got the problem and I just want to get closer to you. He goes, you do? Have you ever thought that some of the things sometimes he puts in our lives get you a little closer? The problem isn't knowing, uh, what, not, not knowing what you're supposed to do. The problem is is not as knowing what you're supposed to do and not doing it brother this thing is the coolest thing for for 40, 40 years all i've ever tried to do i've never tried to do anything i never really wanted to be great i don't want to be great he's great i don't need to there's only room for one great person in the universe and that's jesus i'm sorry uh I, there to me there ain't no room for nobody else when i go to heaven i don't expect anybody there to think that they're just as great as him If you're not the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, the three in one, I still ain't got that thing down yet. The Trinity is like one of those things where I kind of got it in this land. I know it's like a football, right? Uh, I don't know what, I mean, I got to get to heaven to get, I got to get a new body to really figure that thing out. But in heaven, that's where the glory's at. If it's there in heaven, why don't we put it here, down here? Why don't we strive to make it here for him too? I like that, man. I I just like that whole idea. Ezekiel, watch this. Man, I'll never get to it. I got to go quick. Ezekiel 12, 28, 12 says, Son of man. The Lord is always in your Bible trying to teach you what you need to know so that you can survive on this planet and serve him. We can do that. I don't know how much time we got left. We, we could be all wrong, man. If the Jewish calendar is right, we got another two, 300 years. Praise God, I hope it's not. Oh, man, that would be the terrible thing. But I don't really care because I'm going to be dead by then anyway, so who cares? I'll be in heaven. But it, you look at some of these crazy things going on. And if you look at all that stuff out there, you don't know when that day is. I could go out there and get hit by a truck on the way out of here. You know what I need to do? I got this moment right now. Right now is all I got. And if I can do something for him right now, maybe i get a smile on his face. Yes, amen. That's all. This is all I got right here. I, I, if you worry about everything else out here, this is And you know what I found out he does? When you worry about just this right now in front of you, he opens the door right there. And I get to walk through that door. You know why I think most people don't see the door? Is they're always looking out there. I'm always looking, like, right in front of me. I've been all over the world. I've been on the other side of the planet. Under, i got a picture of me under a sign. It says, California, San Francisco, 12,000 miles that way. And Washington, D.C., 13,000 miles that way. I mean, I've been out there in the middle of... I mean, I've been out on Gilligan's Island, practically. I've been all over the Mediterranean, all over the Indian Ocean. I've been through the Suez Canal. People say, "You go through?" yeah, I've been through the Suez Canal. I think it's cool as anything. I've been all through Germany. I mean, I, I got to go see all kinds of stuff on this planet. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, I haven't missed a thing. You know what? All that was is going through a door. He opens the door and you just go through it. I thought I was going to be a missionary. I sure, I sure. I said, Lord, you got to be a missionary, right? That's me. Because you let me go all over the world. I'm, I mean, I'm suited for that. Don't go start a church in Dayton, Ohio. I'm like, you got to be joking me, man. I said, you're kidding. Not me. Can I help? No, you go start one in your garage. I said, it won't work. I'm telling you, it ain't going to work. He says, do it. I said, it ain't going to work. You got the wrong guy. It's not going to work. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I won't put 100%, I'm going to put 150% in it. And I said, and when it don't work, you ain't going to blame me. That was my motive. You think I'm joking. That's my motive. You get to heaven to ask him. And he made that sucker work. And it's still working. And I'm still trying to figure out how he did it. You know how he did it? Because I sit there and said, okay, I'll do this right now. And then I'll do this. And I'll do this. And I'll do that. And I really haven't had time to do it. I think the missionaries in the Ukraine, that's their problem. That's not mine. I'll give them money. I'll give them support. I'll listen to him on the phone. I think the guy's in Zimbabwe. I got a friend that's in Zimbabwe. That's his ministry over there. That's what God called him to do. God called me in Dayton, Ohio. You know what I care about? Now, you might say I'm selfish. I care about Dayton, Ohio. I care about a group of people. I got a guy. I came off vacation. We had a vacation we was going to take for 11 or 12 days. I was just going to take... Me and Beth hadn't done anything for a long, long time. And I was going to take her down in, in Florida. And we was going to go over and We was going to take a Disney cruise. Don't ask me why. I know they're a bunch of faggots. But that I was going to do that, and I was going to kind of, uh, and the Lord said no, and I'm like, ah, so I canceled it, and they said, we ain't going to give your money back. I said, oh, yes, you are too. I'm sorry, Mr. Elliott, when you order a cruise, the, the thing says, I said, look, you want me to take the COVID shot, I'm not going to take your stink, and if you took one, I'm not mad at you, I don't care, I just was not going to take one. I said, I ain't going to do it. They said, yes, you, I said, no, and I said, and you didn't put it in your contract that I had to take a COVID shot, before. you took my money, they gave me my money back. So, but I still had airplane tickets to Miami. I said, well, hey, Beth, let's do this. Let's go down to Miami. I'll get a couple flights. We'll fly over to Nassau for a couple days and we'll come back. And in the process of all this, then we're just going to go down to Keys where all the other faggots are. And uh, (laughs) don't ask me why I was going to do this. I don't know. (laughs) But a guy in my church, a guy my church had an open heart surgery. And I'm sitting here talking to my wife, and we're in Nassau, and and he's got to go in Monday for the surgery, and this is like Thursday or Friday. And I said, Beth, we need to be in Dayton. And I know we were going on a date. She didn't really want to go anyways. She she didn't. I mean, she just was pacifying me is what she was doing. And uh, so I got a set of tickets, lost some money down there, and flew back to Dayton, Ohio. And people looked at me and said, why would you do that? Because I care about my church. And I care about people in my church. And I actually care about that guy that's in my church. Is this guy, is he stellar? No, man, he's just, he's just a guy. 73-year-old guy, that's all he is. But he come to church because he's looking for help, and, and you get to help him, and he starts to grow, and, and you actually get attached to him, you actually kind of like him, and you want to help him, and you just want to be there to be an encouragement to him. And I'm sitting there, Lord, that's what this, he said, Mike, you'd have never seen that 15, 16 years ago, you didn't do what I told you to do. He said, all these people coming in that you get to see come in and out, just like this right here. I wouldn't have got to see any of this 15 years ago. Now, this may have still occurred somewhere else. If I don't do it uh, and your pastor doesn't do it, somebody else will do it. God will get somebody else. But he wants us to do it. I'm like, okay, we're going to do it, man. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Let's do it. And you see somebody else, and sometimes you just get involved with somebody else. And you say, hey, we can do this thing. I remember Dr. Peacock got involved in this thing. It just just grew, and it started growing, and it started opening the doors. And the Lord says, go through them, and he'll open them up as fast as you'll go through them, if you will. Young people, you have the greatest opportunity in this world. You don't got it. If you don't see it yet, you have the greatest opportunity to do great stuff. On this planet for God. You have that opportunity. The devil knows. That's why I keep it to two. The devil knows your potential. And what he's going to do. Is he's going to put everything in your path. The perfect guy. Or the perfect girl. Or this. Or that. Or this car. Or or this house. Or this job. Or this opportunity. There's nothing wrong with any of those by the way. If the Lord's in them. Just before my wife, and I tell this story from time to time, there's a girl I was, I was just starting to see just before I met my wife. And she had a guy that she was just seeing before she met me. And here I am in Dayton, Ohio, and here she's up here saying the exact scenario is going on in both our lives. And this girl, I mean, she was pretty, a, a nice girl, a perfect girl. Today, she's probably married to a preacher, probably a preacher's wife, an evangelist, a missionary's wife, or she might just be a housewife. I have no idea. She was a good girl. She actually went to Bob Jones University and said, I can't come here because y'all don't believe the King James Bible's word of God. I'm like, yes, that's her, man. <laughs> Lord said, no, nope, that's not her. I'm like, rats, man. I said, I'll be a eunuch. I said, man, you, I mean, her mom liked me, her dad liked me, or, our church liked hers, they liked me. Everything was going good, and the Lord said, no, it ain't going to happen. Not today. I'm like, okay, I'll just be a eunuch, man. I said, if, if this ain't going to happen, then I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. He goes, no, you're not. I'm, not. I'm not. You're not cooked totally yet. I've got one more that I want you to see, and that's the one. But he didn't tell me none of that stuff. He just kept working. And one day I met my wife and, and she was, and you know what I found out? She was going through the same exact, she was going to be a eunuch for Jesus too. I don't know how a lady becomes a eunuch, but <laughs> that's what she was going to be. I mean, she takes her Bible literally, man. I'm like, okay, it works for me. I guess if it works for you. That's cool. And, and uh, we're sitting there starting to laugh about this stuff. Together we're laughing because we see what God's doing in each of our lives. You know what that did for me? I'm I'm sitting there laughing with her because I'm like, what a blessing, man. I found somebody who's God's working their lives with them. And she's seen that same. And pretty soon the Lord said, hey, moron, what about this one? Hmm. I guess she would work. (laughs) I mean, she is cute. I mean, she's good looking. She loves you. She's this. And then I started going down the list. I had to throw the whole list out and said, I'm done, man. She's the one. And, and the Lord, 33 years, bliss. Have we had, yeah, we've had issues, but it's been 33 years. I'm trying to tell you, you got to get God involved, because if you don't, the devil's going to get involved. And what he's going to do is, Eve could have easily went back to Adam and said, Adam, you know, there's this good looking guy over here, and he's like saying stuff, and you need to shut him down. Adam would have went over there with a, well, I don't know where he found the club, because there's nothing imperfect in the heaven in the garden there's probably no dead limbs anywhere they can beat him up with or anything but he could have went to the lord and said hey lord man we walk in the cool garden there's this wacko nut over here causing trouble but that's not the way the story went he's over here the lord warns us about him so you know he's telling you everything you need to know about this creature so you know he says son of man take up a limitation Verse 13, Ezekiel twenty-eight, thirteen. Thou hast been in, the, uh, in Eden, the garden of God. He's talking to him, man. He's talking to, it has to be the devil. Every precious stone was thy covering. And he goes off and he says how I, I created. You never hear the devil ever say anything like that about God. He tells you down to the nth degree what I did. Go over to Job real quick. I'll shut this down here in just a second. I'll save, I'll save some more of this till next time I come. Man, a, I'm Ted Job. Job. You ever like the book of Job? I love the book of Job. <laughs> I can't wait to get to heaven to meet Job. I want to meet this guy. For what he did back there and what he went through, people since that day have been reading his story and he's been helping. Amen. Every time I read the book of Job, I'm just tick 41. Can't stop draw out Leviathan. He's Oh, that well, that's a crocodile. That's a hippopotamus. I'm like, "You're an idiot." <laughs> I said, "You don't read your Bible or else you don't care to read your Bible." Canst thou draw a alive with a hook, or his tongue with a cord, which thou let us down? He tells you exactly, God's telling you exactly what you need to know. To make it, to make it. The purpose is that you are informed of who you're messing with. This is why I like this passage. He goes, uh, uh, will he make many supplications to thee? You know what it's like the Lord's saying, Mike, 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 stop. I talk to you, and mean you have good fellowship, and I love you, man. He goes, but I'm going to warn you about this guy over here. I got, I'm got. i not going to conceal. He, he even says it right here. Let me finish some of this. <laughs> he goes, will, will, he make, will he make many supplications? Of thee? Will he speak softly with words unto thee? Lord, uh, can I go down and smack Mike into the middle of next week? No. Oh, well, how about his wife? No. How about, how about, wait a second. When he messes up, I'll let you go get him. But shut up. I'm watching him. I'll, I'll let you know when you can go. And that Satan is there all the time. To us, you don't, he goes on. He says, will he make a covenant with thee? Will thou take him for a servant forever? Will thou play with him as a bird? I'm like, flack across the universe. <laughs> and then go get him, bring him back and flack him again. He goes, that's what I do. He said, I play with him like a bird. He said, I, he said I, I toy with him. I mean, we're talking about Satan. We're talking about Lucifer. I'm probably going to have a wreck on the way home. But, but he, he talks about him like he's absolutely nothing. Or wilt thou bind him for thy matings? Shall the companions make a banquet of him? Shall they part him among the merchants? Canst thou fill his skin with barbs, uh, barb irons, or his head uh, with fish hooks? Lay thy hand upon him. Remember the battle. Do no more. Behold, the hope of him is in vain. Shall not one be cast down? Even at the sight of him, if we could see him, we'd fall down dead. He goes, none is so fierce that dare stir him up. That's God talking. He, said, he goes. then he goes, I could just even it down. He says, who then is able to stand before me? I'm telling you who he is. And you don't want to mess with him. Why do we mess with him? You know what this world does? It puts stuff in front of us 24-7 to mess with him. And it tips us off to the side so that we'll get drawn into that side. You know what this book does? It, you read it and it goes, the little light should be on. <laughs> It's not, what's the problem? Get in here and start, oh, here's the little light. This is what my problem is right here. And if I do this, the light will go bing again. Right. Lord says, you got it, man. This is your tech manual, Mike. This is your manual. This tells you how you work. As a matter of fact, every one of you are different. This is the strangest book in the world. It'll say something to you that I, I'm like, where'd you get that at, man? Right. But he knows exactly what you need. He knows your frame. I'm sitting there, when I read these two passages, I'm sitting there going, I'm fighting the devil. I'm fighting the devil. I'm fighting the devil. That's who I'm fighting. I got to keep that. I could go on There, the, he's a real person. I mean, I could go on. He's real. The devil is just as real as anybody else. What I like about God is he says, I'm omniscient. I'm all powerful. I'm all knowing. I'm all seeing. He isn't. He's got a lot of minions, but he's not like me. He goes, Mike, I'm everywhere one time. I said, yeah, I got that, I got that. You know what, 43 years, I'm like, I got that, I got that. I said, Lord, I can trust you, I can trust you no matter what. I don't care how bad it gets. And there's things in life that gets bad. Don't think that I don't think that everybody go. there's people who go, and I'm in, I'm not compassionate. to. I understand people go through hard, I mean, real hard times. Some people go through, I was telling your pastor about some things he's going through, hard times. But you know what the Lord's put, that happened to me at, when my daughter was 22, and you know what the Lord did for me? He's just such a comforting God. My wife is laying on a, an emergency table in a hospital. They told me she could die right there on that table. And the baby that's in her womb could die. That baby happened to be Esther. And, and they're saying she could die. And the Lord walks in there. I'm sitting there going, uh, drool coming down. I don't know what to do. Oh, Right then's the time to pray. Pray through, Mike. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just flabbergasted. I don't know what to do. And I'm sitting in this room all by myself. You know some best place you could ever be sometime is by yourself. And I feel this presence in the room. You look around like this, there ain't nobody there. And all of a sudden this thought goes through your head and says, Hey, Mike. I said, It's time to grow up. I'm like, what? And it goes through the time you grow up. I've been in this thing for 22 years, man. 22 years. I've been yelled at by everybody. I've had this happen, this happen, this happen. Admirals scream at me, holler at me. I stood up for you in a cheese mess. I did this, I did this. I've been out on street preaching. People throw stuff at me. I've been called everything. I've been cursed by witches. What do you mean grow up? He goes, this is a little different than all that other stuff. And I'm like, it's another trial. And the Lord says, you got to grow a little bit. I want you to move up a little bit higher. And he goes, you got to move up just a hair more. Satan don't want you there, by the way. Because if you ever get there, what you do is you're getting closer to him. And then somebody else actually goes through something you can comfort them. You know what Job said? He says, miserable comforters are y'all. There's a time when you need to just sometimes just shut up and not say anything to anybody. And try to comfort them. The devil is always trying to destroy. And he wants you to stop. Stop doing what you're doing. I'm going to make this real short. Sometimes best practice is to, is to practice... I, the, the, I started this thing out with your desire. You have to sometimes look at your desires and say, okay, what is, what do I really want? What do I really want? And the devil's going to throw things in there. And the Lord's going to throw some things in there. And you're going to have to make it, that's free will. You've got to make a decision. And if you stop long enough, the Lord's going to show you exactly. I'll give you, I'll give you a real good one here. 1980, uh, 94, the Lord told me to get out of the Navy. He never really told me to get out of the Navy. He just made it very plain. And clear that I need to get out of the Navy. This is something just happened here recently, and I'm sitting there, and, and me being as spiritual as I am, Michael and Gabriel was in the room with me in my office, and everybody was sitting there, and all the hosts of heaven and all that stuff. No, they weren't. I'm sitting there going, oh, man, what am I going to do financially? <laughs> Money-wise, man, how am I going to take care of my wife? If I get out of the Navy, what am I going to do? Oh, if I stay in the Navy just six years, six years more, all I've got to do is six years. I can do that standing on my head. I've already set up for all that stuff, and I'm going to a carrier, and that's going to be the pinnacle of my career. And from there, I can get out. I can make two, three or $300,000 a year easy off that ship because I already know all these companies out there. They all know me, and I can do this. And the Lord says, yeah, but I'm going this way. And, and my boss comes in and throws this piece of paper on my desk. And the uh, Navy has all these NECs, so when you're trained in school and you pass the school, you get this number saying, hey, this guy's been on that. Well, there was one piece of gear back in my history that I went to school on eons ago, and that thing has been obsolete for who knows how long, and they threw them all off the ship. They, they didn't exist anymore. This piece of paper said everybody with these NECs, the Navy will pay to get out of the Navy. And my NEC's on there. I'm a chief now. I'm an E7. I've never, ever seen a letter like that, ever, up to that point. And I have never seen one after that. E5s and E6s, E4s, E1s all the way through to e 6 Yeah, we'll get rid of you all day long. But they think, I already got you, Chief. You're Chief. You're E7. You're going to stay in. We got you, man. You're toast. You're, you're ours. We don't have to do nothing. You're going to stay in because you're going to want the money. But I'm sitting there going, man, they'll pay me 28 years, X amount of dollars to get out of the, the Navy. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. That's good. That's good. See, I would like to say I was really spiritual, and the money was why, oh, money had nothing to do with it. That was like the thing that tipped me over to the side. Well, that money actually helped me out over the years, and one day that money stopped. And I'm sitting there going, oh, man, what am I going to do now? And and, uh, I just turned 62 and a half. So I called the Social Security Department, and I said, hey, um, I'd just like to check to see what's up with my Social Security. And this black guy picks up the phone, and it's funny saying, he goes, Yo, Mr. Elliot, how you doing? I said, I'm doing pretty good. He goes, what's your social, man? So I give my social. It's exactly how you talk. I mean, that's a guy just like that, man. He was cool. And uh, I sitting there talking to him. He goes, I said, blah, 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 blah. He goes, whoa, whoa, man, you like been working your whole life. He goes, I, you, you started working when you were when you 16. You know, you didn't do a whole lot. He goes, it only shows a couple months here. By the time you got 17, 18, 19, 20, you were working like day and night. He said, you got, he said, man, I can have you a check in February. I'm like, what? He said, I can have you a social security check in February. I'm like, all right, let's do it, man. Who cares? Send me some money. I like it. I worked for it. I never thought, you know, here you go, kids. I never thought I'd ever see a social security check. Because you always hear everybody saying, "So Security you won't even be there when I get over there. It's all gonna be gone." That's why I took it because it might not be there next year. So I'm gonna take it right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get what I can, man. If you can get it, get it. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go for it, man. If it's free and, and the government's giving it to you, take them down, man. The faster we take them down, the better off they are. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm just out of way I think, man. I mean, if you got a way, if you got if it's legal, then and the government does it, do it. You say, well, that brother Reagan can correct me. out left that a while. <laughs> Do you know, do you know that my social security check was three times what the Navy was paying me? And I stopped and looked at that thing and said, Lord, how in the world would I have ever figured that out? That 28 or 26 years ago, whatever it was, I got out of the Navy and when that money stopped, you already had it figured out what was going to happen to take its place 26, 27, 28 years later. That stuff happens all the time. And I'm sitting there, it boggles my mind. It doesn't him, by the way. But it just, when I look out at heaven, I don't see the galaxies moving farther and farther. Billions and billions of years ago. I'm like, man, I said, man, you made this thing 6,000 years ago. And if that thing really is a billion light years away, then you made the light bend that, like that. How man, you can make every star, he goes, in, in the Bible, you says you can know them all by name. I said, That's pretty cool. I said, You know, every one of them that's that's Billy over there, and that's Jamie over there. And that's I mean, how billions and trillions of billions, and then there's all these galaxies and everything out there. Do you know, man, they the Hubble taste? I like science a little. They fixed the Hubble taste uh, space telescope and they shot it out in space. And I guess there's this one little teeny weeny, itsy bitsy spot way out there somewhere. Now you've got to think about that thing, 360 degrees like in every direction, and the further you go out, the, uh, just, just mathematically, if you take a, a triangle and you go here, it's like zero, but the further you go out, man, I mean, the, the distance gets further and further and further across, and then you're hundreds of billions of light years away, but they found this little hole where it's just black all the time, and they said, hey, man, let's, let's take the space telescope and put it in this little black space over here, and see what's there, and they did it, and there's hundreds and millions of galaxies through that hole. That little black space, what they did is it was dark enough that when they focused the space telescope in on that area and they got rid of all the other light, they could see all the other galaxies out there that they could never see. And I'm like, God, you made every one of those with just a word. Why in the world would I even talk to the devil? Yet he is, the Lord says he's slick, man. He got Eve and she was perfect, and he'll get you. He knows exactly what you're thinking. Not, he, he's not all-knowing, all but boy, he can... I've watched 80 billion people, 80, 80 million people, 80 hundred billion people, however many people that's been on this planet since him. And he goes, when they do this, 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 they will do that. And if they've done that, 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 that they'll do this. So if I do this to Mike, well, without the Lord, I'd be toast. Yes, sir. Amen. I would be toast. I would be toast. Lord, the Holy Spirit over here says, don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, but Lord, I just want, I just want that, the hogging dogs. It's just like, I went into, man, I, I, Lord's will, you want to see Lord's will, I'll show you Lord's will, it's easy, easy. I told my wife, if I walk into Kroger's, I like woohoo's, I like deals. So Kroger's sells everything, and when they have it a couple days, they mark it down. I said, if I walk into Kroger's and there's a cheesecake, and it's marked down, that's God's will. <laughs> I go in there the other day, and there's two of them marked down. I said, that's not God's will. I said, because God's not the author of confusion. And if I have to choose between those two, God's not in that. I said, so I walked away. I didn't buy it. I was strong. See, the word of God will get you out of trouble sometimes. You say, oh, no, I won't. Yeah, I will. Didn't me there. I got home, didn't have to get yelled at by Beth. Nah, I would have got yelled at by the Holy Spirit all the way home looking at both those cheesecakes. Mm-hmm. Actually, by the time I got home, one was little and the other one, there had only been one. I would have had to worry about two. There was a lady. I'm done. I'm going to be done right here. Because it really, young people, what I'm trying to get across is that you're fighting against the devil. And you may not know it, and your flesh is sitting there, and you think this guy's, ladies, young ladies, you think this guy's cute. Believe me, if there's 8 billion people on this planet, and, and you split that right down the middle, and there's 400 billion men and 400 billion women, there's going to be some other guys that's just as cute as him, if not better. And and I'm going to tell you there's always somebody better. But there's only one person the Lord wants you to have. Right. Only one. Good. And no matter how all those young ladies that I've seen prior to meeting Beth in those 9 years, all of them, all of them were sweet. They were all good girls. The Lord just said no, 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 no. And it wasn't against any of them. And but when she came along the answer was yes, 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 yes. When I went in the Navy, there was no no, 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 no. It was go, 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 go and I went. And, and the rest of that stuff was history because I did what the Lord told me to do with it. I knew in my heart what I needed to do. And something was saying, do it. And I'm like, but it was, and it wasn't flesh because everybody said, you can't, you know what I knew? Everybody said, you can't do that, Mike. You will, you're not, your personality will not do that. You can't handle that. That's exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for the structure right there that I needed to change my life. I needed to get out of where I was at to where I could grow some and, and know how to change my life. And then God said, okay, then you need to get in this book. This book is what you need. It isn't anything else out there. It's the book. You know, it took him four years to get me into that. That was 40, 39 years ago. You know what I've known for 39 years? Before Bible college, before anything, is the King James Bible's word of God. You know who told me that? God. He said, don't ever let nobody talk you out of that. You know, when the Lord shows you something, you just can't let, don't let nobody, don't even let me talk you out of it. Because the devil will try to talk you out of it. There's this lady, Rhea F. Miller. You say, well, what is the Lord's will for my life?" Rhea F. Miller was the wife of Dr. H.V. Miller, one of the general superintendents of the church of the Nazarene. Oh, my God, a Nazarene. Back in them days, they were pretty cool. He goes, after her husband's death, Mrs. Miller taught piano uh, and traveled all around the area in her little gray Nash coop. That puts her back in the 40s and 50s, 50s and 60s, teaching piano. She had a special mission. You say, "Well, what can I do for God?" Her mission in life was that she would go into pastors' homes and teach their kids how to play the piano, so that they would have something to contribute to the church where they were when they became adults. That was her motive. She said, "Man, if I could just train some of these kids up, then the churches would have piano players, and they would have musicians to come in and help them." Let me ask you a question: You know, people, can y'all play instruments? Why not? You know, you say, I want to serve God. There's an opportunity. But you come to my church, you got an opportunity. i got, I got French horns. I've got tubas. I've got uh, clarinets. I've got uh, piccolos. I've got, I've got, what they call Whatever those things are. <laughs> uh, on this side, on that side, I've got, I've got violins, violas, uh, whatever's in there, man. I mean, there could be anything. You go upstairs, I've got guitars. i got all kinds. i got another piano on the second floor that I keep tuned. It's a baby grand upside upright. I got the one down here I keep tuned. I got that one tuned. I got one over at Adam's house. You go over and knock on his house and I tune that one too. Why? Because his family does so much work at the church ministry wise. I make sure that his piano tuned so him and my daughter can sit there and play. You say, oh, that's your daughter. No, they do stuff in the church. I reward people that do stuff in the church. And you say, what is that? Man, you sit there, and, and it's a blessing to be in a church where, you know what I learned that? I said, I watched Dr. Rotman do that. I said, man, I don't know if I'll ever have that many people, but we got enough. This lady wrote a song. I'd rather have Jesus. Than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail pierced hands than to be the king of a vast domain. Or to be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. You can keep it. There is nothing down here I want. Now I've got to live here for a while. So do you. You need to get a job. Not the book of Job. You don't need, I read the book of Job. No, no, a job. J-O-B. The English language is weird. Sometimes the exact same word means two different things. You need to learn how to work and feed yourself. If you don't work, you don't eat. But in the process of doing it, you need to find a husband. You need to find a wife. You need to find a, somebody. I, mean, I was sitting there on the way up here uh, the other day. Uh, yesterday, I got a little Bible and I was reading some Psalms and Proverbs on the way up here while Beth was driving. And I was going through and says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And, and all that, right? man, I'm like, the last 10 or 15, 20 psalms, they're like really, really good. And I'm sitting there reading, and all I'm reading, I think he goes, Mike, he goes, uh, aren't you glad that 33 years ago you met your wife? You hadn't been lonely for 33 years. I said, Lord, yeah, but really before that, I really wasn't lonely, I had you. And although my flesh was lonely because I, I wanted a wife Really, in the bottom end of that thing, I had you, man. And me and you were fellowshipping, and you knew right where I was hurting. He goes, yeah, it's not good for man to dwell alone. I made you that way, I, by the way. That's me making you that way. You're missing half of like you. He says, so I'm going to give you the half you're supposed to have. He went to Beth out there somewhere, and he's talking to her. And she's doing the same thing practically. And he goes, Beth, he goes, you got me, and you know you got me, and you love me. And he goes, but I know you because I made you. And I know you're missing Mike, because Mike is like... You don't even know who Mike is yet, but he's the one you want, because he's Mike. <laughs> and when you see him, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's, that's exactly what it was with me and her. And when we got together, it was, like a, it was like two pieces that went together that was molded, that was made from eternity. And the Lord knew exactly what they should be, and he had worked with both of us. And here we are today, still loving him... And I read stories like this. I'm like, Lord, I said, this lady, all she wanted to do was go and, and teach some people how to pay, play the piano. And I said, that, that you don't have to be. See, you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher. You don't have to be a bus driver. You don't. You just got to love Jesus. If you could just love Jesus, it'll change your life. You know what the devil don't want? I keep it simple. He don't want you to love Jesus. Father, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for these young people.